Yo, what's happening, runners? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracks the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything running, the highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and everything in between. My name is Lloyd. I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by my co-host Alfie. I always call you Alfie, Alfie Manfort. Alfie, how are we? What's going on? Very well. I'm uh, extremely excited for this podcast episode, and especially the next. Well, I guess it's 14 days because it's two days ahead of when the World Champs actually starts. But yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, today we're doing a special World Championships preview episode where we're going to talk about some of the head-to-heads and some of the events that we're looking forward to seeing. That is uh, starting on uh, the 19th of August. So in two days' time from when we've recorded this episode, and it'll run for nine days. I think I've got that right until the 27th of August. Yeah, I don't know why I said 12 days, in all honesty. It's, it is the 27th of August. Don't worry about it, mate. It's all good. It's all good. But uh, before we get into everything World Champs, um, should we run through what's been going on in the running world the last week? Anything off the tip of your tongue that you can think of that's worth talking about? I mean, it's probably the worst week of track and field news we've had in a while with uh, dropouts left, right and centre for the Worlds uh, with McLaughlin, Uffing uh, Mo. I think it's the general consensus that she's not racing, even though I don't think anything official has been said. Um, Jacob Kiplimo drops out. So most of it has been world championship focused. Yeah, there's probably some other things I'm I'm missing, but generally that's been the big news of the last week. We've also had Michael Norman uh, pull out of the champs as well. And just this morning, Ailish McColgan has uh, also pulled out as well. She's been suffering with a knee knee injury for quite a while so it shouldn't come as uh too much too much of a shock um but in terms of yeah news it's been a little bit uh dominated hasn't it by uh people dropping out of champs i suppose the thing i saw an interesting debate on twitter the other night and it basically said that you know, if you're injured or you know you, you don't want to do it or whatever your reasons are that's fine like you know you you know you could we could we could argue about obligations of whether you should do champs or not but it's the fact that like they, they wait until right at the last minute and it's such a sucker punch for fans when it's like we're finding out days before the champs and then you kind of go into the champs with a little bit of a sour taste and everyone's kind of focusing on the negatives rather than if we'd have known like you know and I know it's not always in the athletes control because of injuries and things like that but if we'd have known weeks ago that so and so wasn't doing it we would have kind of forgotten about it and, and focused on the championships whereas now we're starting a podcast after talking about the negative of people not doing it, which is which is a little bit of a shame, I think. And we've also got two more days until the championship starts, so hopefully we don't list loads of head-to-heads today and then it turns out that people start dropping out or carrying on dropping out for the next few days. But yeah, I agree. I think, I guess it's whose obligation is it to say that they're not competing? And I guess at the minute we don't really have a rule or a cut-off point for that. And also, I think athletes might try to be chase fitness and, you know, really leave it to the wide to see if they are ready to go. And maybe some people are just undecided. Like, there is prize money, so it's a bit difficult to understand why the world-class people would drop out, like Uffing Mo, when she seems injury-free. But maybe she doesn't need the 80 grand. And, um, I mean, she's got a big Nike contract, so I think she values, I guess, the Olympics next year more of much more importance in the world so it's it's annoying but it happens that's championships and also it gives us something to talk about which 
is good because, like I said, it's been mo- the last week has been mostly World Championships dominated news, which is what I'd hoped for a week before the World Championships. So at least we're talking about things. You mentioned there about the prize money. Um, I've just done a quick Google, and whilst Runners World isn't always the most um, credible or bang on the money publication to find these things out, as we've realised in recent news in recent times, but they've come up at the top of Google um for prize money and it says here that um i've lost it now hang on a sec we'll edit this um it says seventy thousand dollars for a gold medal and that goes all the way down to five thousand dollars for eighth place um meanwhile relay teams will earn between four thousand and eighty thousand dollars per team so i suppose you know athletes like a thing mo i'm not saying that seventy thousand dollars is um nothing to her because that's a massive amount of money but in the grand scheme of things she's a contracted athlete with nike she'll be earning a lot of money from that contract and um you know who knows an injury might have cropped up or coach bobby has just said look maybe this isn't the right time for you there was world champs last year do you really need to do this let's let's focus in on paris and the olympics next year but i think that's also another topic well, another kind of challenge that does need to be acknowledged. And I, I sometimes think when we do these podcasts, I'm always kind of backing the athletes. I'm always saying, I'm always supporting the athletes. And that's obviously because the athletes do need support. But it is a strange year this year. There's a, you know, a world champs going straight into an Olympics consecutively is, um, is a bit different, you know, for these athletes. So if there's any sense of, do you know what? I don't need to do this world champs. I'd rather focus on the olympic games then i'm you know i'm I'm not saying that's a right or wrong but i can understand it because the olympic games is a different different ball game isn't it yes but what i would say is with the u.s athletes in terms of uffing and sydney particularly because they're the biggest names and probably were likely to win their individual races they have a whole different issue of qualifying for the Olympics now because it's not guaranteed. They could fall in the final of the US champs and then not qualify because obviously the US champs is relentless. You need to get the top three to qualify. But something could happen. Something could go wrong. So getting that wild card in from winning the world championships surely would help their Olympic success in some ways because then also they wouldn't have to rely on the USA champs because they've already qualified. And then that means they could probably train through a bit more. So it, it it's hard to actually see... The balance, and obviously they've chosen that the balance is in favour of missing the championships and they're the best athletes ever, or definitely Sydney is the best athlete ever in her discipline. So I guess who am I to sort of try to argue their decision for that? Let's uh, let's let's get straight into it then, mate. World Championships preview. We're just going to preview a few different events, ones that we're looking forward to seeing ourselves, one that, so ones that we know that the, uh, the, the majority of the track and field fan base are also looking forward to. But if we do miss an event or we don't mention an athlete that you maybe think was worthy of a mention, don't lose your In terms of uh, the field event, I am super excited for the women's heptathlon. Reason being is because obviously American Anna Hall has just been an absolute phenomenon this season. I think that she's so talented at some of the individual events. I mean, we've seen her in the Diamond League um, in, in, in the individual event. She's a superb 800-meter athlete. She's a superb 400-meter um, athlete as well. I think that she's one of those athletes that could literally do whatever she would like. And, you know, that's probably why she does a heptathlon because she's so bloody talented. But she is one that I really think is going to be hard to beat. 
Um, obviously, with Nafi Tiam, who's out with injury, two-time Olympian and two-time world champ, she's done. She's crocked. I think, like you know, it's kind of sort of set for Anna Hall to take that title. But are there any any elements of the uh, of the women's heptathlon that you're looking forward to seeing now, Flea? Difficulty with the multi-events, the, the heptathlon and decathlon, is you can just foul and not do a long jump and then your competition's ruined. So there is that aspect of it, which always makes it a bit more exciting, as well as a very intensive schedule, I guess it leads to a high, higher likelihood of injury. So even though it seems like dead set for Anna Hall to win, potentially trying to attack that world record, definitely get over 7,000 points. What challenges crops up along the way? I think she will be competing against herself and managing herself and her injuries and also how aggressive she is, especially in the long jump where you can get loads of fouls and then your competition is ruined. So it's I don't think she's competing against anyone. If she performs well, she wins. And it's just about how she combats the fatigue and each event individually. Uh, so, yeah, sticking with the field, I'm going to move over to the men's pole vault. Obviously, Mondo Duplantis is a name that just rings around every conversation when we talk about track, uh, generally. But he is so hard to beat. Uh, the Swede has, has been just on an absolute warpath this year. I think he's, I don't know how many times he's gone over six metres, but I want to say that it, I'm going to see if I can find it on the internet quickly, but I want to say that it's near, near on 50 times. Whilst he's going to have competition from, you know, athletes like Curtis Marshall from Australia and Chris Nilsson, um, you know, the American, but he's so far clear. He's so far clear. Can you really see him? Um, taking a loss on the day? No. And if I was betting on the event, I would obviously bet him to be one of the, the favourites, one of the clear-cut favourites out of the whole of the World Championships, not just in the pole vault. But he did lose his uh, previous competition at the Diamond League, so he can have an off day. And most of the time, his off day is enough to win anyway. But if it's an extreme off day, whilst others are performing well, then that's a day where you could maybe get the balances turn a bit. He doesn't perform very well in poor conditions. So that's another thing. Maybe if it's really windy or rainy, don't think it is on the weather. It looks pretty, pretty hot most days. So, I mean, you'd be stupid not to think he's going to win and you'd be stupid not to think he might be able to get the world record, but he did lose this season, which is crazy that we're saying he lost once. I think he came second. He did. So it's like, if that's what it takes for us to even consider him getting beat, I think Mondo will win. It's just, if he has a really bad day, some anything can happen. Now we are we are really struggling in this preview to talk about um, to talk about the Brits because unfortunately uh, the the standard of this obviously it's World Championships you expect the standard to be high, but um, Great Britain don't have the biggest team in this Championships and unfortunately that means that uh, few and far between are going to feature in this preview. But one country that is going to preview uh, feature quite a lot in the preview is obviously United States of America in the men's shot put. Last year, they had the full sweep of the podium. Ryan Krauser, Joe Kovacs, and Josh Awatunde took the podium, full sweep, and they're back again for the World Champs this time around. So realistically, those three are going to be heavy hitters right at the front, and it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, whether anyone can take down Ryan Krauser. Spoke to him at the Diamond League in London after his, um, after his win there, and a very friendly man, uh, obviously very intimidating stature. He's massive, but he was one of the friendliest guys that I spoke to on the day. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see whether they can, you know, re repeat that feat of a full sweep on the podium. They also have uh, another US talent in Tom Walsh, uh, who's also an incredible thrower in the shot put as well. 
I mean, where are America getting all these shot putters from? It's, it's absolutely insane. Do, do these guys just, just grow up and just, just start throwing shots around in the garden? We're going to start in the sprints. No better place to start than one of the highlight events of any championship in the 100 metres. We're going to preview both the men's and the women's. On the men's side, obviously, there's so many athletes that can, you know, really have a shot at the 100 metres. When there's eight in a final, any one of eight can win it. And sometimes you can have a surprise, but you can't really overlook some of the big hitters that we see on the Diamond, uh, Diamond League circuit regularly. We've got reigning champion Fred Curley, who is probably the favourite going into Budapest, but he has lost... Um, a couple of times on the trot. He lost in Poland in the Diamond League in the 100 metres, and then he also came fourth in the 200 at the US Championships. But I don't know whether you saw that 200 metres at the US Championships, but he just looked disengaged and didn't really look asked, to be honest. But he's run 9.88 this season. Um, he's a freak talent. He's incredible. And if there's one guy that can get himself up for the champs, it's Fred Curley. And then my other shouts are, you obviously have Noah Lyles, um, who... Is obviously, you know, what big fan. We're obviously big fans of him. Um, we met him at the London Diamond League. It's going to be, I think, quite interested to see how he approaches the 100 metres because obviously he loved the 200. He's been an absolute demon over the 200 this year. Um, and how, you know, does, I, don't, I don't know whether, I'm not a sprinter, I, I don't know whether they do this, but do they prioritise the 200? Do they overlook the 100 and just think, look, you know, I'll run the 100 hard, but if it doesn't go so well, then I won't lose too much sleep over it because I've got the 200. Um, so I'm interested to see how Noah go, goes and then from a British perspective Zarnell Hughes obviously he's been on an absolute flyer this summer he's broken British records in the 100 and the 200 and he's taken obviously massive chunks off his PB as well so they're my three to watch out for in the men's 100 are there any that uh, that you're looking forward to seeing Alfie or any, anyone within that pack that you're touting for maybe a medal so other than who you said uh, I'm a liar oh, oh, oh. Omen Lara, I can't even say his name, the, Ke the Kenyan athlete, Omen Yala. Omen Yala. He has taken down Fred Killer this year, so he, even though I think Fred is the favourite, I think it's kind of a, a favourite in the sense of just because he's he won so much earlier on in the season and is, is the defending champion. Um, but he's, he's definitely vulnerable, as we've seen. He has, he has been beaten uh, quite a few times in the one and the two this season. So I, I, I predict... I think last year we got a clean sweepers uh, from the US in the men's 100. And I, I, f I feel like this time it's going to be three different countries that are on the podium. I would like to see Zonald Hughes on there as well. And I don't think Noah Lyles has the opening 40 metres in him to be able to uh, get a medal in the 100 when everyone's running like low eights, which usually suggests you're going to run like 9-7 in the final. So can he run 9-7 yeah. when he starts not as great as it should be for the 100 probably not and then you've also got um marcel jacobs the olympic champion who is probably had too many injuries mm. this year to actually challenge but he is the olympic champion so you can't really rule him out if anything the women's 100 meters this year has been the one event that's been equally exciting in terms of head-to-heads and, and big rivalries but it's been a lot faster on the clock you know the men's the men's races have been exciting because there's big names going up against each other but often this season the time has disappointed us a little bit, which we shouldn't be too ungrateful. We're seeing, you know, superstars come together. But on the women's side of things, it's been a rapid year on the clock. And, you know, for me, Shelley Ann Fraser-Price, the defending champion, she's going for a sixth world title in the 100. She's missed a lot of the season um, with some injuries and some setbacks, but she's already set back-to-back 10.8 -back victories last month. So... 
any sort of worries about her shape, fitness, her body holding together, I wouldn't even worry about a Shelly Ann Fraser Price. She never does a championships unless she's absolutely flying. And for me, I would love to see her do it again. Um, but one pip for me before I dominate the entire preview once again, I'm going to let you go through it, Alfie, is uh, Shikari Richardson. I am a massive fan of Shikari Richardson. I think she's, I think, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, she doesn't always get it right on and off the track, but she's great for the sport and she's flying this year. She's absolutely flying. And I just think she's that athlete. If she has the bit between her teeth and she gets that start, oh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, her top end speed, when she seems bothered anyway, because sometimes she races and you can't really, you can tell she doesn't <laughs> want to be there. But her top end speed is is insane. I've, I've, not, I've not seen anything like it. The, the way she kind of floats the last 30 metres is phenomenal. So if she gets a good start, and that's a big if, because, you know, we've seen it again where sometimes she gets left behind a bit. But yeah, she does seem on it. And I think she's a different athlete this year as she has been in the previous years. Hasn't had as much controversy around her name as she did last year and the year before and I do think it would be good for the sport if she does uh, win because it's a massive name and it would do a lot of numbers in terms of headlines which you probably wouldn't be my top pick to win in terms of if I, if I could choose who I wanted to win I think I'm in the same boat as you I'd mm-hmm. want that to be Shelly Ann Fraser-Price or I guess I'd say Dina Asher-Smith but I, I feel like the, the top three at the minute in terms of who can Medal would be Sharika Jackson, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and Shikari Richardson. However, Tolu has been running phenomenal. Tolu. She won the London Diamond League, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And when she gets it again on her day, she is very hard to beat. So it'll take a combination of things for any one of those athletes to win. They'd have to perform well, whilst others maybe don't perform as well. But I think this is probably one of the, co- one of the most closely contested uh, races in the whole of the in the world championships, just because of how many people are there. But Shelly Fraser Price only ten eighty two this season compared to Shrika Jackson's ten six five and Shikari Richardson's wind legal ten seventy one. So it's quite a big gap there. Um, Alfie men's two hundred. What are you saying? Erin Knighton, Tobogo, Noah Lyles. Which order? Lyles, Hughes, Tobogo. It's just nice to back a British runner, isn't it? It's probably delusion, even though he yeah. has been running well. But you know, to count out Knighton and Tobogo who are faster than him, um, I, I see Tobogo racing well. He's on an absolute charge. I haven't really seen much of Knighton this season, so I mean, Lyles has to be first. I think his confidence is supreme. The way he's racing at the minute is supreme. I, the only way I see him not winning is if he gets injured, uh, which is a possibility in the two hundred. As you know, it's and doubling it with the one hundred, it's a it's an intense double to do. But I honestly see Lyles getting close to the world record, uh, maybe beating it at some point. Maybe maybe not this year, but you know, even if it's in the 19-2s. I think that's one of the benefits of doing the 100 as well, especially for Lyles, is it's just practice, like sprint practice. I think I saw Michael Johnson saying this, and I'm going to take his word for it. It's like sometimes those heats really get you up to speed for the final, and you know you can really perform when it matters and I think that's what Lyles is best at so I see Lyles winning Knight and Tobogo they're still both young you know we've seen it in championships before sometimes they might not perform the best on the final final day so Hughes but other than those four 
I don't really see anyone else contending for the medals. In terms of the sticks in the hurdles, the four hurdles, Alfie, uh, Carsten Warholm of Norway is basically just going to try and break the world record and hope that no one runs faster. That generally tends to be his way of racing. He's looked insane this season. Um, he's run his two fastest non-championship times ever. 4651, 4652 uh, in Oslo and Monaco. Um, Dos Santos from Brazil is the uh, Brazilian, uh, yeah, he's the world champion. Uh, he is coming back from injury as well. So I don't see anyone beating Carsten Warholm, but stranger things have happened. Do you think Warholm runs away with it? Do you think he breaks the world record? Or do you think something different? I think he runs away with it. The world record seems so impossibly fast, it's hard to predict that that's going to happen. But, like you said, he has run his fastest ever non-championship races this season, and we do know he comes alive in championship races. So I wouldn't doubt it, but it, it, that world record is so fast. No, I, I don't think anyone would have ever thought we'd get down to that speed prior to him breaking it. Same with the women's 400 hurdles record. And then the, and then the women's 400 meter hurdles, Femme Cabal, clear winner. I mean, she's... She's won eight times on the trot, dating back to last summer. And obviously with Sydney McLaughlin, Leverone, she's out. She's got a knee injury. I, do you know what's really annoying about the knee injury? It's like a minor knee injury. Just call it a knee injury. <laughs> the fact that you put the word minor in front of me and then every single article that I've read on it has cited the fact that it's a minor knee injury it just makes it sound like well, you could have run it. But... Each her own. Um, I get, I get that. You know, she's uh, looking after her body. But yeah, back to Femme Cabal, Alfie. You know, she's she's going to probably win by about three hurdles, right? In London, she was phenomenal. She's a different runner to what she was last year. It's actually a shame that Sydney isn't racing in the four hurdles. I know that was never the plan, even originally, because she was in the four hundred flat. But it'd be nice to see a fully fit Sydney go up against a new and improved Femme Cabal to see who came out on top, because I think it'd be much more of a challenge for Sydney than it was in previous years. I'm going to let you head this up. Let's talk about the distance. Do you want to start kick things off? Our, our World Athletics Champs preview in the distance events. So the Benz 800, first of all, I have absolutely no clue who is going to win the Benz 800. <laughs> I think about 15 people can probably medal. It is yeah. 15 runners who can medal. I'd like to say Bergen, Bergen Rowden and Patterson are going to get first, second, third, which actually in the men's 800 is a possibility. They can all individually medal. It's the case of mm -hmm. there's only eight people in the final. 800 is a very, very tactical mess of event. And as we've seen in the men's 800 for the last few years, no one ever seems to stay on top for, for very long. So definitely if you're a betting person, this one I wouldn't put a bet on because it's so impossible to call. The women's 800 metres is a little bit more simple. And let's just assume that Uffingmo isn't racing again, which pretty certain she won't do we, be. Do we definitely know that she's pulled out yet? What, what's the what's the crack with that? So the crack with it is that obviously her training partner has pulled out and also her coach has said she'll either be going on vacation or going to Budapest. However, in, the, in recent days, I've seen every single other media outlet not include her in their predictions. And I've also seen loads of comments mm -hmm. not including her predictions. So I'm not sure if we're missing something of a confirmation. Maybe we are, but I think it's fair to say that she won't be competing, unless this is all a massive mind game and she is going to compete. But it definitely seems like she isn't with 
uh, McLaughlin choosing not to compete. I'm I'm sure Uffing Mo, who is her training partner and is coached by the same coach, will probably do the same. Um, so let's just say she's not. That leaves Mary Moore versus Keely Hodgkinson as a very very good matchup. And what why I think this is more exciting than some of the other events is the fact that it's a head to head. Like there's obviously external runners who have a chance, but it's really those two up against mm-hmm. each other, and they've got a long history. I think going into it, Mora might edge as the favourite because of her head-to-head record against Keeley. She did beat her at the Commonwealth Games and she also did beat her at the last Diamond League. Honestly, it would be one of my picks for one of the most exciting races of the entire championships, especially in the distance events. I want you to give me your top three prediction for the men's and women's 800. And I know how hard that is, especially for the men's, because there's about 50 athletes that could could medal, but just, just lay it out on the table. Right, I'm going to go with... This is where biasness. I'm trying. I'm really not trying to be biased. Okay, I am going to go with Mary Mora first, Keely Hodgkinson second, and then Natoya Gould. I believe she has also married now, so I'm not entirely sure of her full, a full name. But Natoya Gould in third, mm-hmm. and then on the men's side, I'm going to say Marco Arop first, Max Bergen second, yep. Ben Patterson third. I'm going to, on the women's side, I'm going to go Mora for gold, Keely for silver, Gemma Riki for bronze. I think that Mora has Keely's number in her head in the championship final. Um, and I think Gemma Riki is running very, very well. And I think that she could shock a few. And in the men's race, this is so hard. Oh, my God. I think that, I think Max Bergen will take the gold. I think that Arop will take silver and I think that Ben Patterson will take third bronze. The other athletes, the so I mean so many, two Algerians in Muller and Sajati, French duo of Tual and Robert, Australians of Joseph Deng, Peter Bowl, Arop, three Kenyans, Christ alive, you've got the three Kenyans, um Wan Yonji, uh Korea and uh, Kinyamal, and then also the two Americans, Clayton Murphy, Clayton Murphy and Bryce Hopple. Like, just that alone, any one of those people could take that win. So rather than overthink it, I've just laid my cards on the table. Let's not spend too much more time on the uh, on the two lappers, Alfie. Do you want to kick things off with the um, the metric mile in the 1500? Yeah, okay. So I have wrote a massive paragraph in my preparation notes for this 1500 metres and the 5,000 for that matter. Let's Let's go with... The obvious one first. Let's just start with the women's fifteen hundred meters. I think that's already Faith Kipiegon's gold. So I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. more needs to be said on that. It's more of a conversation about who comes second and third and how fast they run. Second and third, kind of like the men's eight hundred. There's so many runners who kind of feature in that three fifty four to four minutes range. Where depending on how Faith Kipiegon runs, it's it's who follows that because if she runs fast from the gun, are people gonna? I'd predict people like Laura Muir to follow Faith Kipiegon for as long as possible and then probably hold on for a medal. Or do they just not follow Faith at all? Or does Faith just wait and outkick everyone, which we know she's capable of doing as well? So I think it really depends on how Faith races with what happens behind her. Yeah. It is probably Laura Muir's silver to lose, I think, just because of how good she is at championship races. I know she did lose at the British Champs against Snowden, but... I, I can't overlook Laura Muir for a medal on the world stage. 
Uh, I'm not sure what you feel about that because, you know, she did lose at the championships, which isn't generally a good sign going forward. But... My personal predictions are Keep the Aegon takes the gold. I think that Lyndon Hall is running really well from Australian, Australia. She is running super strong at the moment, as is Jess Carl. And I think those two are going to be very close to the podium. And then Nikki Hiltz, they've been running superbly well as well um, this season. I think Nikki Hiltz makes the podium. I think Nikki Hiltz will take the bronze and it's between Jessica Hull and Lyndon Hill for silver for me. I think Jess Hull takes that. Um, I don't think Laura Muir will win a medal, unfortunately. I don't think Sifan Hassan will feature in, in the podium. I just don't think she has that closing speed that she once had. I mean, she is also tripling, doing the 1,500, the 5,000 and the 10,000. Um so we can allow her to not make the podium. But I'm probably going to eat my bloody words because this is a fan of Sam at the end of the day. So, yeah, women's, I'm going to go keep Jaeger for the gold, Jess Hull for silver, Nikki Hiltz for third. I guess we also are missing the Ethiopians. Meshesha, second fastest in the world this year, 3.54. And then Hylum, who was also running 3.54 this season, whose birthday is the 6th of January, 2006. So... She's a massive talent that we're going to take, the, uh, I guess, the next decade talking about. But yeah, mm-hmm. Nikki Hiltz won the Women's Championships against Uffingmo. So I think they have a very good shot of meddling. And then also, like you said, Lyndon Hall, Jessica Hall, phenomenal, running phenomenal from Australia at the minute. Uh, the men's 15, I do have Jakob Ingebrigtsen as the favourite, obviously. He's one of the fastest ever, I think fourth fastest ever now. Likes to run from the front. And as, as Let's Run always love to say, that means he's vulnerable at a championship race because he runs from the front. There's no paces. So that opening lap, he's going to get a bit more fatigued than if he was running by a pacemaker, which is obviously true. However, there is also runners in this race who also like to lead from the front, like Narve Nordas. Mm. So will, no- will yeah. Nordas want his best chances of winning the medal by making it fast as well from the start? I think so. So even though they're not training partners, could we see the two Norwegians trying to push the race at the the front together, maybe both come away with a medal? It's definitely not going to be slow. So this is where, in a hypothetical dream world, where for some reason it is slow, I think people like Matt Stonia, Cole Hocker and Niels Loras have a big chance of doing much better than in a very fast race. Niels Niels Loras closed the Euro Under 20 1500-meter championships in a 146 last 800 meters. Uh, maybe 145. So that's ridiculous. So if it's a slow race, he's he's there. But again, he's really not going to be a slow race. So I think Jakob, you know, he's undefeated this year in the 15. Surely he's got to be first pick. And then other than that, I would say it's probably Jan Nagusas and Neil Gawley's to lose. I think Gawley, if he gets it tactically right, which he hasn't done a lot this season, then he could definitely get a medal. Maybe even challenge for the gold because in, indoors he was second behind Jakob. He's a tall guy, Niels, who doesn't suit indoors and he, he managed to hold on to Jakob for a long time and he has been finishing very fast. It's just he's not really been positioned very well in the middle of the race. Mokatir is obviously the second fastest this year, but he lost to Machal in the Spanish Championships. So I don't know how that looks for him because Machal's, no offence to Machal, he's getting on quite a bit. And to lose to Machal mm-hmm. in a kick as well, I don't really see how that suits uh, Mokotir going into the championships. And then Narve Nordas as well got a very big medal shot as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think two I think two Norwegians make the podium. I think Jakob I think Jakob takes the gold. 
I don't think it'll be one two. I think I think Norway Nordas could potentially I'm not saying he could lose the gold because there's a difference between going neck and neck with Jakob and beating Jakob. Um, but if he gets caught into that mindset of, oh my God, it's Jakob, Skirt's son, I might be able to beat him, I'm going to be the king of Norway. That could cost him the gold kind of thing. Um, but I think I think Jakob will take the win. I think Nordas will be third. And then second, I think it will, be, I think it will either be Timothy Chariot or Jared Nagus. 5K, do you want to start off with the women's? Yeah, I, I've written down here, I still think it's Faith Kipiegons to lose. It is a bit more challenging than the 15 because when she did break the 5k world record, I, I believe she did get dropped a tiny bit with a few laps to go. It, mm. it was never a big enough gap to worry about, but she wasn't exactly behind Gadai all the way, which is irrelevant because she did win. But if you have the likes of Hassan and maybe some other runners around her pushing Gadai, could they get a gap on Kipiegon to try and run away? Because we know Kipiegon's going to win in a kick. Gadai can finish fast, but Kip Yegum will always win in their kick, regardless of whatever race. Like she closed the world record in sub 60, and she's already running at world record 5k pace. So Faith Kip Yegum's to lose, but I do think there is a lot more runners who can challenge and push the pace on. I'd love Monson to medal, but I, as we saw in the, the Diamond League, the London Diamond League, the, the, the women's 5000 is phenomenal at the minute. You've got people running 14 zeros, 14 lows. You're going to have to. Mm. You're going to have to shatter your personal best to be in with a shout. So it, it depends on how much energy the likes of Chibet, Hassan, Tosege, Gidai, and Tay use in trying to break Kip Yegon. Or they might just settle for second and it might be a slow and tactical race. We don't know. Uh, but I, I can't see Kip Yegon losing. I think she's a phenomenal runner. And I think if she does get the double, it will be the greatest season by any runner ever. I think that's probably fair to say, or at least distance runner. I guess you could talk about Bolt uh, in his early days, but Hassan had a pretty good season when she when she tripled. She won three medals. Yeah, I get. I guess she did, and I, I, maybe Kipiegon could next year try the fifteen, ten, and five triple. Uh, but just you know, just with her world records. Uh, Sufan Hassan, Gidai, and Tisegay are going to be coming back from the ten thousand for the five thousand. Kipiegon will have run the 1500 and then Beatrice Chebet, world cross country champion from Kenya is going to be fresh legged. Realistically, when she broke that world record, I think she ran a 60 last lap, 59 high lap last lap, like frightening. She runs a 60 lap with her eyes shut. She will run, if it's 1405 to 1410 pace, she will run a 60. If it's 1415 to 1425, mate, she's running 57, 58 last lap. Like, no one is going to be able to run a faster last that than that under those circumstances. If Kip Yeagan runs a 60 off 14.05 pace, this is, this is bearing in mind, this is me saying that it's at world record pace, which is probably unlikely, but who knows. Um, Hassan might be able to run a 62. Gidai might be able to run like a 61 high, but I just don't think any of them are going to be able to beat Kip Yeagan. But what are your thoughts on Hassan coming back from that 10,000? Let's say the 10K goes well. What do you reckon? I mean, I, I love Hassan. I want to start that by saying that Hassan is one of my favourite runners. But I, I don't see how it's feasible with the way the women's 5,000 is at the minute and how London went for Hassan, where she did take the pace on. And it was, you know, not perfect conditions. They still run very fast. I don't see how she recovers from the 10 and then races the 5. And because let's not forget, she's a, she is she's a run a marathon now. She shouldn't have the same 
closing speed as when she ran a 156, 800 metres. So I don't think she can double in both in terms of as successful as she likes. But I guess that's maybe too focused on the medals because if she still comes fourth or fifth in that women's 5K after doing one of the 10K, that's still an absolute phenomenal performance. But obviously no one really cares about that. They only care about the medals. And I, I don't think it's possible that she medals in both. I'd love to be wrong. I'd absolutely love to be wrong. But it's, it seems like a very, very challenging ask, especially with how good people are running at the minute. Yeah, so let, give me your give me your top three prediction. The women's 5,000. Kip Yegon, Gudai and Tsege. All right, men's 5K. Let's kick things, things off. Men's 5K. I think Jakob is going to win. Uh, I, I, really? Interesting. Yeah. Big shout. Okay. Because let's be honest, right? We've seen people run uh, 12.41. Some of the fastest times ever this year from Kip Limo is not racing, Aragari. Kajelcha, Bikili, loads of people around fast as the name, the list goes on. And so Jakob needs to be in 12, 40 shape and then a kick to win. Um, or maybe 12, 30 shape, but there's, there's probably a lot of runners, you know, around the ballpark of Kipchak to Guy's world record if they actually had an official attempt. But we forget, well, I think a lot of people forget Jakob two years ago ran 12, 48 when he was so much younger. And think of how much mm. he's progressed since then. And he also did win the Worlds last year very comfortably. Like, he absolutely put everyone to bed last year at the Worlds. And that was an extremely hot race where you'd like to think the Africans would be a bit more suited because of the heat. And Jakob still completely destroyed them all. So, if they decide to... It's the same again. It's the same story where will they settle for second and third, which we saw a lot against Mo Farah, where no one wanted to risk it and then played right into his hands, which would be to... Here's a kick for Mo Farah. The difference between Farah and Jakob is Jakob has a faster 15 and also Jakob can wind it up. And that's what we've seen this year in the 5K. They've wound it up. So they've started off in like 62s and then got down to 60s, 61s, you know, closing in a fast last mile. Who else can do that better other than Jakob? So that their style of racing this year when they've ran really quick, Jakob is probably the best in the world at it. So if he's in shape, uh, he's I don't see him getting beaten especially with that two-mile world record earlier on in the season. He's definitely got the endurance for it as well. And let's not forget that two-mile world record, he ran the second fastest 3K in history ever in that two-mile race. And none of those athletes mm-hmm. have got close to that 3K time. Uh, I don't think anyone thought Jakob was going to run so fast over the two miles as well. So I think he's in 12, 20-something 5K shape if he did a world record attempt. So... I don't see him getting beaten. With the, the twelve forty times we've seen are phenomenal, but I think that's because Jakob hasn't been racing a five k, and that's why they seem so good. Only only things to consider because you know I'm not saying Jakob's not going to win. I also think he will take the gold, but he hasn't run a five k this season. Um, so <laughs> it's almost like if it was anyone else, then you'd take that as a consideration. But Jakob don't mean. Shit. Um, but Josh checked the guy, uh, obviously world record holder. <laughs> it's crazy that we're like can he medal maybe he's a world record holder um but you know the world record was done you know a little while ago under very wrapped in cotton wool circumstances this is a championship race this is set up for the kickers um and the athletes that can wind it up but i think my top three Jakob for the gold mo Katir for the silver I think Joshua Cheptegar will take the bronze. What do you? What, what's your predictions on, on the podium, Alfie? I'm going to go with Jakob for gold, Katir for silver, and you know what? Let's just be different. I'm going to go for Bikili for third. One. Oh, 
Nice. Everywhere, though. Two more events to preview. Men's 10,000, women's 10,000. Joshua Chepdegai is looking to, you know, emulate his name in history, as some of the greats have over the years. As I say, he's stepping up to the marathon later this season, later this year in Valencia. So this is his last championships on the track where we're likely to see him either at all or at very certainly doubling, unless he's going to do a Sifan Hassan. Um, so he's going to be one of the athletes who is going to be very hard to beat. Obviously, he's going to have no company from Jacob Ch- Kip Limo, um, his countryman from Uganda, who's pulled out with a hamstring injury. That was his biggest challenge to take the to take the title there. He's lost to Kip Limo before. Um, so now it's going to be, realistically, he's going to be up against the Ethiopians in Aragawi and Borrega. I feel like Borrega has been around since me and Alfie were in nappies. He is just an absolute stalwart athlete to be right up there with 400 metres left to go. We've got Borrega, Aragari from Ethiopia. Um, we also have the Kenyan Nicholas Kipkora, Kip career uh, Kip rather, shall I say. Because you see what, you know, years gone by in the, in the distance races, especially the 10,000, because obviously it's the longest race on the track. You always see the Africans generally use team tactics. So you see like, you know, Ethiopians will gang up against the Kenyans and so, and then obviously now this influx of Ugandans that have come in as well. So it's going to be interesting to see whether there's any of that going on. Two names that I want to throw into the mix. And I think there's going to be a shock in the distance races. I don't know which event is going to fall in. Let's disregard the, the, uh, the eight and the 15. I mean, the long distance races. So in the five and the 10 K, I think there's going to be a shock. And I think that in the 10,000, that could come from either Woody Kincaid, the American, or the Canadian Mo Ahmed. Mo Ahmed has, has got a really good record in championship finals, especially globally. But Woody Kincaid, if he's there, we know how fast he finishes. And I think if they start messing around at the front and the team tactics come into it and they start knocking off slower last laps coming into the last mile, Woody Kincaid is sat there licking his lips because that boy can close. He can, but I personally think Aragari, Borrega and Chepsakai are just going to absolutely demolish everyone. Just... <laughs> what a contrasting opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to be bothered to... Aragari is such a front runner. I, I don't think they're going to care. I just think they're going to be like, see you later, everyone. If you want to, if you want to run 26-20, feel free to come with me. If not, enjoy your 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th places. Uh, but yeah, you, you're right. If, if, if any world, it's a slower race, which... You know, it's hot in it's hot, very hot actually in uh in Hungary. So, can that make a difference in a fast race over ten k? Absolutely. If it's extremely hot, then it's gonna be hard to front run a ten k in, in that sort of pace. So that's where I think Kincaid and people like that come into the the uh, conversation. But I really don't see that happening. I think a gap will appear, and I don't think it'll be a kicker's race. I think it'll be a the strength that comes out on top in this in this scenario. Uh, I, I think... I, do you know what? I'll give it Chepsi Guy. You, you said he'd had one last hurrah. I, I'd like to see him win another medal on the track. So it's weird saying one last hurrah because I'm pretty sure he's only 25. But yeah, he's, he'll be moving up to the road. So Chepsi Guy first, Aragawi second, and Borrega third. Probably my pick. I think it will be a fast race. And women's 10,000, Alfie. We obviously have Sifan Hassan. Um, that's probably... That's probably a... Uh, her strongest chance to win because it's early on in her in her uh, her competition. It'll be her second race of the championships. She runs a fifteen hundred meter heat on the on day one of her championships. 
and then she runs the 10,000 meters at night. So she has quite a lot of, you know, gap in between those two events. And that 1500 meter heat should be relatively uh, easy going for her. So she should be pretty fresh for the 10,000. Um, she also has to go up against uh, Gidai and uh, Tesege as well, as she will do in the 5,000. I think it's going to be those three uh, that are out in front. And I think it's going to come down to one of those that, that wins it for me. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Alfie? It's, it's so hard to call, isn't it? Yeah, I think Gaday Gaday might be the favourite because I think she did close last year's ten thousand meter world championships in a two forty last kilometer, which is is mind blowing. I think a last lap was a sixty second last lap, so ridiculously fast. And I I don't know if we're being sceptical about Hassan because of a marathon running and maybe you know, how many races she is doing. Because like you said, the 10K, she should be a bit fresher. It's just, can she close in a 60 is is the question. I know that last year her coach said she had kind of like a down year. So that's why we didn't really see her perform well at championships. So that's that's another thing. So maybe we're, we're recency bias is favouring the other athletes for me. But Hassan, when she's at her best, is also near unbeatable. So... I think it will be close. I think the four potential medal shouts are Tosege, Gadai, Hassan and Tay. Um, it's just whatever order they're in, I, I don't know. It'll definitely be a fast race again. and Maybe there's a distinction between a hard race and a fast race because of how hot it is. But I, I do think it'll be a strung out race. And Hassan, with a marathon pedigree now, and especially coming back from all the setbacks she had in the marathon, I'll, I'll give it her as a, as first and I'll say Gadai second and uh, Tosege third, but then again, Tosege has a lethal kick on her as well. The women's the women's distance events at the minute are just so hard to call, other than Fabio Piegon, because so many people are running ridiculously fast. So uh, I think it'll be a bit bit of an interesting one, to be honest. What I'd, uh, what do you think? Um, what about Monson in the ten thousand meters? The, the American, I think that um, she's she's obviously run very fast. She's run an American record of the five thousand this year. 10,000 is a long, the longest race on the track. There's there's long, there's long, a lot more time for things to go wrong. Um, could she potentially have a chance coming down to 600, 500 metres to go if she gets a bit of a sniff of the podium? I, I don't think so, unfortunately. I think the East Africans are way too strong at the minute. Uh, in London, you mm. know, Monson starts to get dropped, I think, on the last lap because that change of pace from the East Africans is, is unreal. If Monson's there with 200 to go, then maybe, but I, I don't think it'll get to that point because of how good they have been. And even if she's there with a lap to go, 500, 600 to go, their change of pace at the start of the lap, uh, the Sege, Hassan, Tay, and Hailu, I, I can't see Monson staying on the back of them uh, in the closing stages. As much as I'd love it to happen, um, I'd love to be wrong again, but I think the 10K is probably uh, too much in the strength of these Africans to... Uh, have anyone else challenging for a medal? We have the steeplechase and the marathon to conclude this preview. The men's steeplechase, Alfie, this is a very, very hotly anticipated race because you've obviously got El Bacali of Morocco. Um, he's won a bronze and two golds. And then you've also got Ethiopian Germa, who has who's come runner-up uh, three times. Three times. He's come runner-up three times. There we go. I got my words out. Bacali, he's 5 nil on Germa in their head-to-heads. But this year, Germa's run 7.52, which is four seconds faster than El Bacali's personal best. And I think that something's changed in Germa this year. 
That's not an accusation. That's not me throwing out accusations. <laughs> but something has changed in that guy. He is a different beast this season. And could we potentially see a sub-eight-minute championship final performance? Yeah, I think both of them would be stupid not to make it a sub-eight-minute race because then no one else can race with them. Um, mm. And I think Bacali knows. I think it will be Germa taking the race on at the front. And I think Bacali will know that he just has to go with Germa and then try and outkick him. But like you said, something has changed with Germa. He's got the indoor 3K world record. He's around 329 in the 1500. So I think that'll be too much for Bacali to handle. Then again, Bacali is, has got the championship pedigree. He's also you know, a very fast 1500-meter runner. And I also think he's slightly better at hurdling. So off the final hurdle, are you going to see Bacali really accelerate and maybe try and get the gap? I, it's... I don't know what to call it. I think I think it is Germa's time to win, but how can you overlook Bacali with all the success he's had? And on the women's side, we have uh, the women's simple chase. It's been a little bit underwhelming this season in terms of um, they're not really being a clear-cut favourite going into it. You've obviously got Emma Coburn and Beatrice Chipkowicz that are that are in the race. They're looking to they're looking to run well this season. Chipkowicz is obviously the world record holder um, for the. Uh, the women's steel chase and obviously won the title in 2019. Eva won the title in 2017. This season, fastest two in the year, uh, fastest two in the world this season are Sembo Almayu, Almayu, we'll go with that, Sembo Almayu and Jacqueline Chepkarech from uh, Ethiopia and Kenya, respectively. Both inside 20 years old. You've got Chepkarech who's 19 and then Almayu is 18, which is incredible. Um, but first question from me to you, Alfie. Is Emma Coburn a serious contender? I ask this because obviously she's carried the gauntlet for um, uh, USA in the steeplechase for so many years now. She won the title in 2017. She didn't win the USA's this season, but she did run her fastest steeplechase in that. Um, what's your thoughts on Coburn's chances going into this? I think her chances are better than they would have been last year or the year before because, like I said, the women's steeplechase is no one's really run ridiculously fast. Like the, I think the fastest this year, this year is like 15 seconds or 14, 13 seconds off the world record. So the gap's smaller. But Coburn, I, I mean, she's ran, I think her season's best is nine, uh, 9.13. So that's still 16 seconds behind the season's best of Jacqueline Chepkowicz. So the in a steeplechase where traditionally people really string out because of where the hurdles are, you don't really want to be running side by side because it gets a bit reckless. The front runners who are pushing the pace, it's where Coburn features in that before the last lap. As uh, if she's a bit further back, then I don't think chances really there for a medal. And I do think again it's similar to the similar story to the ten thousand. I think the East Africans are too strong again. Um, however, they might get caught up in a race with each other because they're all so close, closely grouped together. Will someone not really want to risk losing a medal and taking it out and running to their strengths? If Beatrice Chepkowicz is at full fitness, she is the world record holder, she could dominate from the front, but we haven't seen that in recent years from her. So it, I think it will be a close race. And steeplechase again, someone might fall, cause people to pile up behind them, and then someone might come through like a Coburn. But for me, I'd probably have to give it to Jacqueline Chepkowicz. And I think basically it's going to be exactly where the season's best are in the world lead uh, in that order, to be honest with you. Chepkowicz, Jacqueline Chepkowicz first, Sembo Alemu. Second, and then 
Beatrice Chapko Richford. So to round this preview off, Alfie, we're going to fly through the marathon. Uh, rather than going top three, what I want to know is who you think is going to take the gold and then a rough finishing time as well. Obviously, championship courses can be a little bit uh, a little bit different and obviously with very minimal information about the Budapest course, whether it's quick or not. But we can still have a bit of fun and uh, poke a time out there. On the men's side of things, I'm going to kick things off with a massive outside chance. Um, I'm just going to go for um, Tokyo Marathon champion this year. I'm going to go for Chalu Dassault. I think that he's obviously got pedigree to win a major marathon. He's clearly running well this year. And I think that he will run something in and around 204, 205 if the course permits. And I think that he'll take take the win there. What do you reckon on the uh, the men's side, Alfie? You've got reigning champ Tamarat Tola of Ethiopia. He's the, the the Ethiopians. All four of them have run sub two hundred five bests. Um, you've got Katachu and Gabrielassi as well. So, like incredible talent there. Is there anyone that you think um, maybe the Ethiopians or potentially further afield in Kenya or, or even further afield that could potentially uh, take a win? Uh, I think my money will be on Tola, but then also I think Abdi Nagi of the Netherlands is a good shout as well. Um, I mm. believe he did yeah. get a medal either last year or at the Olympics, uh, coached by yeah, it was Olympics. yeah, coached by Gary Locke, and then Bashir Abdi as well got the medal. Uh, his training partner. I'm not sure if Bashir Abdi features in this. It's quite a long list of names to go through. Tola last year just dominated uh, from when he took the lead and really completely obliterated the rest of the field. So if he's in that sort, if he's in that sort of shape again, I can't see anyone beating him. I mean, if, with the Kenyans and Ethiopians. The marathon is ever-changing. And I think there was actually an interview I saw from one of the NM running team members. And someone asked him, do you think there's anyone who is as good as Kipchoge? And he said there's many people better than Kipchoge. It's just about the opportunity they have. He thinks there's some Kenyan runners who could run 157 in the marathon. So if we see one of those Kenyan runners at the championships, who knows? Uh, maybe that was a, a false claim. But, you know, the marathon, it's there's so many died, like so many variables yeah, it's really tough to call. So I'm just going to go with Tola because it's a safe option because he ran so well last year. On the women's side of things, we've got, you know, a whole sea of African athletes that could take the win there. We've got the winner of Tokyo Marathon, Rosemary Wanjiru. She's from Kenya. She's probably their, their only hope of a win there. Um, but one athlete I'm going to throw out there before you give me your prediction is Kira D'Amato. She's obviously run an American record in the half marathon. Um didn't run so well in Eugene last season. She came eighth, but I think the build-up was a little bit, uh, a little bit challenging. But I think Kira Demato could make the podium, man. And once you're in that top three in a in a championship marathon, anything can happen. Yeah, I think we see in championship marathons there's a lot of dropouts, and also you know we saw at the Tokyo Molly Sidle got got the bronze. So Americans are always are really strong when it comes to championship marathons. We see it with Galen Rupp as well. Like they they know how to perform what it matters at a championship. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do see an American feature. D'Amato definitely has a shot. And I, I, I do think, for me, it, it ultimately depends on how the race is run because a lot of the time in the marathon, if someone tries to run hard from the gun, a lot of people will blow up around them. And that's where you really get the people who maybe aren't as fast as the East Africans because they seem to dominate definitely the time trials on the marathon. So who aren't maybe as fast, they can come through. I would say my favourite to win is, and this is where I'm going to show again, is Yelmser Lahula Ha. Good shout. Yeah, yeah. Good effort. The, the Ethiopian, you know, 2, 217. She's run a 218 this year. 
She's one of the fastest half marathon runners ever. She's just a very good pick for me. And so it's hard to it's hard to judge the marathon, especially because there's so many people who haven't raced this year. You know, you've got Shankul of Ethiopia, who was around 214.58, which is one of the fastest ever. She's not raced this year, but she is racing in this championship. So can the faster runners just work together and pull away? It is doubtful at the championships because, again, you've got the risk of running, like having a medal taken away from you by pushing too hard at the wrong time. So I think it probably will be a slow and tactical race, at least for the first half. So I think anything can happen. But I would say Jan Zerf, Lahelu, Lahelo will be my favourite for the win. 